Welcome to Jury Duty, I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the testimony of Lieutenant Britt Dove, the sled expert in digital forensics who examined the victims and the defendant's cell phones. In this installment, we continue our look at the prosecution's direct examination of Lieutenant Dove. That's all coming up right after the break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It is late afternoon on Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, the fifth day of the Alex Murdoch murder trial. After the jury returns from the afternoon break called by Judge Clifton Newman, Prosecutor John Conrad asks Lieutenant Britt Dove about an analysis he conducted of data from Maggie Murdoch's phone. I believe we were discussing State's Exhibit 281 before the break. Is that, is that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. And what was that again? This is a Celebrite report from Maggie Murdoch's iPhone extraction. It, it has just call logs for the date range of 6-5-2021 to 6-7-2021. Uh, and I believe you said it contains information, the, the date and time a call was made? Yes, sir, it does. Whether it was outgoing or ingoing call, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, and whether a call was answered or not, is that correct? Yes, sir. And at this time... State and move to introduce State's Exhibit 281. Okay. All right. This, is, uh, this report is 20 pages long, correct? Yes, sir. And we're not going to go through line by line every call, but let's take a look at uh, Maggie's call log from the night of June 7th. Can you read that? Yes, sir. I can read down to line, uh, item 8 on that. All right. And let's look at line 14 on this report. Do you see that, sir? Yes, sir, I can. And first of all, when I say line 14, what what am I referring to on there? On the left-hand side of the picture, there's a column, and when you build a report, it adds the numbers um, just to make it easier to keep track of in that report. If you added this report with another piece of item, whether it's text messaging or voicemails, it would change the numbers. On line 14, what is that uh, data entry? What, what does that represent? It represents a call that was outgoing on this phone. Uh, we see a number. Uh, don't, don't read the number, but we see a number and a name below it in the second column. Is that correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. And what's that name? Barbara. And did you say that this is an outgoing call or an ingoing call? It shows the direction as an outgoing call. Okay. Now, I look at line 13, uh, and I see another entry that says Barbara. What is that? 
That is the same call. It's entered in two different databases, and it pulls from both databases because it's both call logs. All right. And so there's two databases for call logs on this on Maggie's phone? Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Just briefly, what does that mean? There's two different logs. There's several different SQLite databases in a phone, and it's going to contain the information in different places. One may be recent calls. One may be calls that are considered past the recent step that's set in the database so that it's going to be in the call logs, but it's not going to be in the recent. Sometimes you'll see them in both databases, recent and the call logs. All right. And so that, what time is that call uh, that you see on the entry there, lines 13 and line 14? At line 13, it's on 6-7-2021 at 7.50, seconds p.m. minus 4 UTC. Okay. So that's 7.50 p.m. Eastern time, correct? Yes, sir, it is. In the next column, we see a, a number, and it says 2.46. What does that mean? That is the duration of the call. Okay. So at 7.50 p.m., Maggie placed a call to Barbara. Is that correct? That lasted 2 minutes and 46 seconds. Yes, sir, that's correct. And we see a slight time difference between line 13 and line 14. It's uh, about 4 seconds. Uh, and that's just as simply the different way the different logs record the data? Yes, sir, it's because they're going into different databases, so there is a, a lag in that. But your testimony today is, what is the exact time that call was placed to Barbara? That call was placed to Barbara at 6-7-2021 at 7.50-19 p.m. In your review of Maggie's call logs, was this the last answer, or excuse me, the last phone call uh, that was either dialed or answered by someone on Maggie's phone? I would have to check the logs again, sure. but I believe so. Prosecutor Conrad gives Lieutenant Dove the logs to refresh his memory of whether the last call that was either dialed from or answered on Maggie's phone was on June 7th, 2021 at 7.50 p.m. and 19 seconds. After a moment, the witness confirms. Yes, sir, that's correct. That's the last answered call or one that was shown in the direction of outgoing. No more outgoing calls that night, correct? No, sir, Please correct. Say? And no more answer calls than I have June 7th. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, let's look at it. Lines 9. I can't quite see the line. Uh, you can see line 10, correct? Yes, sir, I can. And there's a staple there, uh, but above that should be line 9, correct? Yes, sir. All right. And then we also see lines 11 and 12, correct? Yes, sir, we do. But what do lines 11 and 12 show? They show that the phone from Maggie Murdoch received a phone call. From one eight zero three nine four two one two two seven. Um, on line eleven, it has the name Alex associated with it. Shows the direction as incoming. And was that call answered? No, sir. Um, and again, we see two line entries for the same call. Is that correct? Yes, sir. However, there's a difference. Uh, one line, uh, line eleven says Alex, and line twelve says PA. Is that correct? Yes, sir. But they're the same number, though, correct? Yes, sir, they are. And again, briefly explain why we see a Alex and a PA between those two lines. Because they're two separate databases that these are entered into. And when you set up your contact list, you can go through and if you wanted to set a name for either a spouse, a child, or a good friend, you can set it how you want it to be. And that's going to show up from the contacts. But it's the same call, correct? Yes, sir. It's the same call, same phone number that it was received from. 
Okay, let's look at line 10 and 9 directly above that. Again, the 9 is slightly obscured, but what do we see there? What activity do those two lines represent? Those two lines show calls from 1-803-942-1227. Line 10 has it as PA. Direction shows an incoming call, and it shows it as a missed call. And again, it's Alex and PA, but it's the same number ending of 1227, correct? Yes, sir, correct. And you've had an opportunity to examine a phone associated with 1227, correct? Yes, sir, I have. And whose phone is that? That was Alex Murdoch's phone. All right, and the two times see in line 10 and 9, can you read those times in those two, uh, two blocks, and are they the same? Yes, sir, they are the same. It is 6-7-2021 at 9-06-14 p.m. UTC minus 4. Okay. And that's local time? Nine or six, correct? Yes, sir. That's local time. And 14 seconds. Correct? Yes, sir. And let's read the times for line 11, 12. That's that first call from Alex. What are the times for uh, the call that's associated with lines 11 and 12? They are the same time. It is 6, 7, 20, 21 at 9, 04, 23 p.m. UTC minus 4. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. After Lieutenant Dove's testimony indicates that the data confirmed that the first two missed calls after the 7.50 p.m. call were from Alex Murdoch's phone, Prosecutor Conrad follows up, seeking to confirm that the logs indicate that the next three missed calls were also from the defendant's phone. All right, we're going to talk about a few more lines here. Let's talk about lines 7 and 8 on this report. And what does this information show us? It shows a phone call of 1-803-942-1227. On line 7, it has the name of Alex. Direction shows incoming, and it shows it was a missed call received on 6-7-2021 at 9.06-51 p.m. UTC minus 4. And again, those are two lines associated with the same call, correct? Yes, sir. And so just reviewing... Uh, within a space of about two minutes, you see three separate calls from Alex's phone incoming into Mur- uh, excuse me, Maggie's phone. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. And after that 906-51 call on line 7 and 8, what's the next uh, call you see on this log? Moving up the call log, the next call I see is from 1-803-942-1227. On line 5, it has the name of Alex. The time received on that call is at 9.45.32 p.m. UTC minus 4. All right. And that's lines 5 and 6, correct? Yes, sir. For the same call, correct? Yes, sir. All right. And finally, let's talk about lines 3 and 4. What, what information do you see there? On lines 3 and 4, they're the same call from one 
942-1227. On line four, it shows it as PA, direction as an incoming call, and it was received at 10.03.58 p.m. UTC minus four as a missed call. To clarify, these last five calls from Alex's, Alex, were any of them answered? No, sir. And previously, when you took pictures of Maggie's phone, you took a picture of her call log, correct? Yes, sir, I did. All right, and I'm showing you again, Exhibit 278, and we saw that numeral five next to Alex's name, correct? Yes, sir, that's correct. And that represents five missed calls. Yes, sir, that's correct. Uh, and I don't know if you're doing math while we went through that, and we can look at it again if you'd like, Lieutenant Duff, but did you count the calls from Alex that were missed in a row as we went through that call log? Yes, sir, I came up with five. Okay, and, and since I have that picture up there, uh, when you access Maggie's phone to take these pictures and to uh, go through some of these screens, did you change any settings? No, sir. The extraction had already been done at the point I took these photos. Okay, so the extraction actually was done before these pictures? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, but even after, uh, did you change any settings or open up any calls to make a, anything difference on the phone? No, sir, I did not. Uh, and just looking at... Maggie's call log on the phone itself again. This is still 278. We talked about uh, calls with Barbara that were 7.50 p.m. on the call log, correct? Yes, sir. And looking at this screen, we see a call before that, uh, before Barbara. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Who is that name on that call? Marianne. And was that a completed call? Yes, sir. It shows as a completed call, not a missed call. Okay. And can you look at the screen, and maybe you can't, can you tell from this screen itself whether it was an incoming or outcoming call? No, sir, I cannot tell for sure. If we looked at it on the call log we just talked about with on Exhibit 281, you'd be able to tell that information, correct? Yes, sir. Prosecutor Conrad next moves on to a log of text messages to and from Maggie Murdoch's phone. Let's talk about Maggie's text message report. I'm going to show you something that's marked as Exhibit 282. Do you recognize that, sir? Yes, sir, I do. What is that? This is a Celebrite report I produced from Maggie Murdoch's phone that has text messages with a report filter that was set from June 7th, 2021 to June 7th, 2021 for just a day time, a one day's worth of text messaging. And what kind of information does that report have on it? General information it has on the beginning of the report is going to have information about the device um, as far as the Apple ID and what the name is that's associated with the phone, the type of phone, just general data as far as device information. On the other pages, you'll see text messaging that's on the phone, who they were from, the text message, the dates, and also show the status if it was read or an unread message. And when you look to see if it was read or unread, if a phone uh, message had been read, would the phone record that time and date the message was read? Yes, sir, it does. At this point, the state's going to move to introduce uh, State's Exhibit 282. Submitted. Let's talk a little bit about how the text messages are organized in this report. Is it strictly chronological through? No, sir, not always. Sometimes they can get a little out of order, depending on when the text messaging and the filters you set on the report. Okay, and how did you set that up on this form? I can get back to you. It appears to pull chronologically, but it's also pulling instant messages versus chat messages, and they are coming from different databases. So if it came from a different database, it's separate, but, it's there, but all the SMSs should be in chronological order, correct? Yes, sir. This is page 31 of this report. You read that at the bottom. Is that readable? 
just part of the bottoms readable. And what is this? This is a appears to be a group text message that was received on this phone from one individual to several other individuals. Let's let's not read numbers, but there's some of the most of these have names next to them. So who sent this message? It appears it has it down as John Marvin. And who else is in this text group? Maggie Murdoch is appears in this, but it has her user account name, which is a Yahoo email address. Okay. It has Alex, Christy, Lynn, Alan, Liz, and it has one phone number that does not have a name associated with it. Okay. And what time did this text message arrive on Maggie's phone? It appears that the text message was received 6-7-2021 at 8-31-0 seconds p.m. UTC minus 4. Prosecutor Conrad next moves to seal evidence that includes phone numbers of individuals that appear in the various logs extracted from Maggie's phone. I think without this objection, the state's going to move to seal this uh, as per the evidence per the previous protocol. Your Honor, I understand that to protect the phone numbers and email addresses of the other folks on here, we have no objection. Is that correct? Uh, uh, no objection. Conrad circles back to ask Lieutenant Dove about a text that arrived on Maggie Murdoch's phone from Alex Murdoch's older brother, John Marvin. All right, now look, real quick, you know, what time did that text arrive on Maggie's phone? It shows at the bottom of it at 6 7 2021 at 8 31 p.m. UTC minus 4. Was that text message read? Yes, it shows it as read. Okay, and what time was it read? It shows that it's read on 6-7-2021 at 8-31-16 p.m. UTC minus 4. So about 16 seconds later. Right? Yes, sir. Can you read this text message, please? Yes, sir. It says, I plan to go over to visit Dad tomorrow afternoon. Is anyone else planning to go? And that's from John Marvin, correct? Yes, sir. And we're not going to go back and look at the previous text in this thread. But what is the general topic that they're discussing, just for context for the jury? It appears that they are talking about going to visit Dad tomorrow um, and trying to find out if anybody else plans to go over with them at any time. And this is a response to a series of texts about Randolph, Alex's dad, and his health, correct? Yes, sir. And I'm going to turn over to page 32, and we see another text. And this is that same text group, correct? Yes, sir, it is. And this is another uh, text that arrived on Maggie's phone, correct? Yes, sir, it did. Who sent that text? It looks like Lynn G. And what does it say? It says, I'm in court all week with an emoji. Okay. Was this text read? Yes, sir. It shows it is read at 8.49.27 p.m. UTC minus 4 on 6-7-2021. I believe Maggie receives a text later. And it might be from Rogan. Could you find that text in there for me, please? Yes, sir. I've, found, I've located it. Okay. What time did that text arrive on our phone? That text arrived on 6-7-2021 at 9-34-14 p.m. UTC minus 4. All right. And that text is from who? That text, it says it's from Rogan. And that's uh, at least what the contact list says. Yes, sir. That's the name that was entered in the contact list associated with that phone number. And that arrived on Maggie's phone when? On 6-7-2021 at 9-34-14 p.m. UTC minus 4. And was that text ever read? No, sir. It appears as a status of unread. Now, let's, let's be clear about something, Lieutenant Dove. 
when we say a text is read or, or a call is answered, and you know for certain from your forensic analysis of who the actual person was who answered a call or made a call or read a text? No, sir. I cannot tell you who did it. I can tell you that the phone has the information. The phone recorded certain information, but I can't tell you who's actually touching the screen or pushing the buttons on it. But in order to place a call or to place a text or to read a text, what condition has to be satisfied in order for someone to make a call on a phone? Unless you're making an emergency call, like a 911 call, you would need to know the passcode to be able to unlock the phone to get to it, to the contact list or either to the number pad to dial the number. All right. So you need to know, A, the passcode, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, to unlock the phone, correct? Yes, sir. And are there other ways to lock these phones or unlock these phones? There's also two with iPhones, which this one was. There's the biometric way of doing it. If you set a face unlock where instead of having to enter your passcode every time, you can look at it, the camera will activate, and then it will unlock via your face. Prosecutor Conrad next moves on to ask Lieutenant Dove about another series of texts that arrived on Maggie Murdoch's phone on the night of the murders. I'm going to show you, I believe there's some texts from Alex that Maggie received that night. Can you find those in that yeah. report, sir? Yes, sir. I found the text thread. All right, let's look at page 16. And can you read that, sir? Are you referring to the bottom text on that one? Yeah. Yes, sir, I can. Okay. All right, and who's that text from? It's from Alex. All right, and who's, it was sent to Maggie's phone, correct? Yes, sir, it was. At what time did that arrive on Maggie's phone? It shows 6, 7, 2021 20, at 9.08, 58 p.m., UTC minus 4. And was that text ever read? No, sir. So status is unread. We previously discussed a text at 849 and 27 um, for that from Lynn G., I believe, that was read, correct? Yes, sir. Is there any text that arrived on Maggie's phone after that time that were read? No, sir, there was not. I'm going to hand you the March of States Exhibit 282, and I'm going to ask if you recognize that, sir. Yes, sir, I did. What is that? This is a Celebrite report that I produced from Maggie Murdoch's phone. It has on there device events from her phone with a date range filter placed on it for the day of 6-7-2021. Okay. All right. And what kind of information is contained in that report? In this report, it's going to have different information in there as far as activity. It'll have location information in there. It'll also have whether the phone was unlocked, if it was locked, if there's orientation changes. It'll also pull if it was plugged in, uh, whether to a car or to the wall to charge. And these are all, this is all, most of this is information that's stored in those uh, databases we discussed previously, correct? Yes, sir. This, most of this information is in the Knowledge C database. Okay. And how many pages is this report? I don't remember offhand. I think it could be 87. I can't remember if that's the 87-page report that I produced for that one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to direct your attention, if you could read that. And what information is contained online for 336? It has the first column has the number, then it has device events. The next column that's populated has a date of 6-7-2021, 8-17-15 p.m., UTC minus 4 start time then the column two columns over it has unplugged and this information was obtained through from the knowledge c database what does unplugged mean it would indicate that the phone was unplugged whether from a vehicle or from a wall 
our computer that it was charging. And I'm going to show you again, it states 283, and you previously explained that as a report you prepared off of Maggie's cell platform, correct? Yes, sir. And it's a timeline report, correct? Yes, sir, the device events. And at this time, state would move to introduce Exhibit 283 into evidence. Okay. With Judge Clifton Newman's admission of Lieutenant Dove's device events timeline report regarding Maggie Murdoch's cell phone, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join our next installment as we continue our look at the testimony of cell phone forensics expert Britt Dove through to the conclusion of day five of the trial. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast Night Raid wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.